Castle. And I'm JP. And this is Pulled Corks. Podcast. Hi everybody, and here we are for episode 21. So this is kind of a bridging episode before I leave to Japan. So it will be a quick one, and we will just talk about two very, very different types of wine. Especially Hassel had found a a little gem that we really want to talk about. And I will uh, take you to some basic grape of the Alsace appellation. Yeah, so I was at this uh, this shop and I came across this wine that I had never seen before, but I'm sure some of our listeners had because apparently in America it's pretty popular right now. It's from Cooper and Thief Cellar Masters. They are out of, you know, I should have already looked at where they're out of, but I think they're out of California. Yes, they are out of California. <laughs> so... There was this wine. I saw it. It had this really cool label, and the bottle was shaped like like a whiskey bottle. It wasn't really shaped like a normal wine bottle. It had this whiskey bottle shape. So I thought they had like mistakenly put something in the wrong section at the store. So I grab it. I look at it. And it says red wine blend. I'm like, okay, cool. Another, another California red wine blend. There's like a million of them out there right now. I look at it a little bit, and it says aged three months in bourbon whiskey barrels. Now, that caught my eye. A little bit interested in that because, you know, we're always doing American oak and French oak and all this stuff, and we got these whiskey barrels now. And then another thing that really caught my eye was just below that on the label, 17% alcohol by volume. I was like, holy crap. (laughs) What are these guys doing? 17% alcohol. So it's kind of um, a bit of the beauty of the things that can be done with wine in America that can't really be done in the old world. There are no restrictions on what grapes can be grown where or what kind of barrel you have to use or what blends you have to use. Uh, You can pretty much just come up with your own idea, recipe, or whatever and and see what happens. And it's kind of what these guys did. That's uh, the beauty about not having a tradition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, I've seen two sides of it here in in Europe. I've seen uh, people that will see some of this stuff and will, like, thumb their nose at it. And I'll see others that are, like, you know, just begging for the old world to loosen up the rules a little bit so they can experiment some. Yeah, that's true. I uh... Yeah, just mention Amarone style in Germany. Yeah, exactly. I know one guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know one guy, but we're not going to blow his secret yet. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll we'll get back to you after it hits the shelves. So, uh, speak. You know, I'm glad you brought up Amarone. I want to come back to that in a minute. <laughs> so, I decided. You know what? I want to buy this wine. I want to buy this crazy thing and see what it tastes like so that's what we're going to talk about today we're going to talk about the cooper and thief cellar masters and i thought maybe those was these guys names or something but it turns out they just named it cooper as in somebody who makes barrels and thief as in you know a wine thief it's a tool you use to get samples of wine out of barrels oh. so that's that's where they came up with their name and uh, i was just perusing their website a little bit and found out that they make 
a white, a Sauvignon Blanc. And instead of a bourbon barrel for that, they use a tequila barrel, which <laughs> Sauv Blanc and, te- and you know, we might need we, we might need to try that. That sounds really interesting. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah, I don't really know what kind of. What kind of? I mean, it says on their their website here, three months in Casa Noble uh, Añejo tequila barrels <laughs> creates an unusual richness in the structure. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it's very unusual. Balanced with acidity and uh, sub, subtle heat, and that comes in. That's a white. That's a soft, soft block at sixteen and a half percent alcohol. And these guys are bold. <laughs> This is uh, bold, flying in the face of tradition. You know. <laughs> mm. So back to this one that I got this this uh, this red blend here. Now I was looking at this. I mean, this is a five varietal blend, and I was looking at these numbers, and you know, apparently they've done some experimentation because I mean they've obviously dialed it in to come up with this recipe. So the two primary grapes in this are Merlot and Syrah. Merlot, 37% Syrah, 11% Zinfandel, which it's probably easy as hell to get in California, so why not? Uh, 7% Petite Syrah, 4% Cabernet Sauvignon, and 3% Other. Yeah, like I said, primarily Merlot and Syrah. Those are your two uh, heavyweights in this. And when I first tasted this, when it first hit my tongue... Because, I mean, with all this alcohol, the body is just absolutely unreal already. You add whatever the, the vanilla notes from this uh, uh, bourbon barrel, and it's just, I mean, this thing is just a, a powerhouse wine. I mean, it is insane. It's so dark. It's so bold. Like, it, it is almost black coming out of the bottle. And it is dark. <laughs> it is a deep, 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 dark ruby. I mean, you can barely call it ruby. It's so close to black. It's insane. <laughs> Absolutely insane. And where JP was talking about Amarone a little bit ago, this tastes like if you got a couple guys from Bordeaux and a couple guys from, um, I guess, Hermitage, the Rhone, and uh, they made a Amarone style. It's kind of what it would taste like because it's super concentrated and really high alcohol. So it does remind me a lot of an Amarone. So it has all those really dark cherry flavors, strawberry, but really like black fruit, like those really intense uh, dark red fruit flavors. There's nothing... Uh, nice. Yeah. Black currant, black cherries, <laughs> maybe uh, apple skin. You know, not apple flavor, but like apple skins. Some vanilla in there. It's definitely got. It's softened up from that. Uh, from the believe it or not, the bourbon has softened it up. I guess. I, <laughs> but the. But it's it's just its own beast. But yeah, it, I mean, it stains the glass. If that <laughs> just like you know, when we had that that uh, uh, PX and how it stained the glass. This stains the glass like that PX did, except it stains it red. Ah, oh, beautiful. Yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. Um, I guess American craft wine, which is a thing. I mean, just some people go out there and experiment. I mean, it's it's craft wine, like I guess like yeah. the craft beer movement. Yeah, and, they uh, they started experimenting with all kinds of hops and barrels and whatever. 
Yeah, this, exactly. Yeah, yeasts. And this yeah. seems to be something similar in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. So how yeah. is the, the residual sugar in that? The residual sugar? You know, hold on. It's high in alcohol, so I think it's fermented through, but it sticks to the glass like that. It's not... It's not sweet at all. I mean, there's a little bit of a a sweetness to it, but I think that's from the oak and the fruit, probably. Yeah, yeah because it's but there no, it's a dry wine. I wouldn't call this sweet at all. It's sticking, I think it's the alcohol making it stick to the glass. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's really the uh, any sugars. I'm sure there's it. There, I'm sure there's a little bit of residual sugar in here. In, I mean, it's 17%. And I mean, it's just like, it seemed like these guys were like, you know, we're going to make this bold wine. We're going to put it in this bourbon barrel. So it's going to get these, you know, um, tertiary flavors from not just the oak, but also from the bourbon that's soaked into the oak. And we're also going to get, you know, we're going to get these grapes that have just been getting blasted by the freaking California sun and they're like super high in sugar. So it's going to be really high alcohol. And just gonna be crazy, and we're gonna put it in a whiskey barrel or a whiskey bottle, and sell it to you. And it's it's good. I mean, <laughs> I want to buy this. I want. I wish I had more. Hmm. Like I could drink yeah, this all yeah, the I time. I wish you you had that Sauvignon Blanc also available. Oh, I know. Would be hopefully, very interesting. Hopefully, my shop will get that in. I'll be able to try that out. But my God. This is really good. Really, really good. And so I got on Vivino, and before I bought it, I took a picture. I was like, I wonder if, I wonder if the guys on Vivino, what they've said about this. So I'm expecting like eight or nine reviews, you know. It was like a 4.6 stars out of five with like 7,000 reviews on this thing. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty amazing. So I feel like I'm really late to the party on this stuff. So any of you listeners out there want to, uh, uh, if you've tried it and you have any feedback or your opinions on it, we'd love to hear it. Like if you tell me I'm stupid and like my opinion sucks, I mean that's that's cool. You can. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let me hear about it if you've tried it. Because I, I love it. I mean, it's great. It's not what I expected. I was expecting something a bit more... Uh, more of that bourbon tone to it, which I guess it did pick up a little bit of that, a little bit of that vanilla-ish flavor you would get from the bourbon. But uh, it's it's really soft and easy to drink and really dangerous to be 17% and to be that easy to drink. But it's still really bold. This is, a, this is not for the faint of heart at all. So... That's about all I got to talk about on this, I do believe. Um, smells great. Don't stick your nose all the way into the glass, though. It'll burn a little bit with that high alcohol. Um, yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it. It's good stuff. Cooper and Thief Cellar Masters. Uh, hopefully I can get a hold of the white, and uh, we, can, uh, we can try that out together. Yeah, that's really interesting. So what have you got for us, JP? So since I moved... To the Pfalz, and now I'm like 20 minutes driving away from Alsace. I thought I would uh, bring something from Alsace this time. I bought this actually at the winery uh, in Riquevier, Alsace. This is like the beautiful P2 
picturesque village that uh, was the model for the Beauty and the Beast Disney movie. Uh huh. So it's it's absolutely like gorgeous there. All the houses painted colorful and yeah, half timber. I think two Michelin restaurants in this little village. Uh, it's kind of like the the Deidesheim of Alsace. We were talking about time in Germany in our Bamboo episode. Right. Rick yep. Beer. They have like the Dopf winery, the Hugel winery there, like really famous estates. Um, I brought uh, this time a Silvaner in Alsace. You write the grape with the Y instead of the I. In Germany, mm-hmm. the I is more common. So it's a Silvaner classic. So the the basic level wine at uh, Famille Hugel, established in 16. 16- 39. It's the 2014 vintage of that classic Silvaner. So Silvaner is kind of, it, it belongs to the noble grapes of Alsace, but there's only one Grand Cru site for a pure Silvaner single varietal, and that's the Zotzenberg. It's a very common question in, in all the Court of Master Sommelier uh, tests, so if you're studying for that, better don't forget that. Zotzenberg Silvaner is the only Alsace Grand Cru. I mean, I would love Silvana. to try a Sylvaner Grand Cru. <laughs> uh, I, I, I try to get you one uh, as soon as you're back. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So, you don't really, when you think of Sylvaner, you don't usually think of that as one of the grapes that would have a Grand Cru. But Yeah, it's, it's like a workhorse grape. It's like one of the basic ingredients for the German Liebfrau milk. Uh, mm-hmm. Usually it's drunk very young and crisp and fresh uh, in Germany with the white asparagus. That's like the typical uh, Silvaner season when the asparagus comes up in, in May. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also selling like Silvaner with it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's the asparagus wine in Germany. It and it has a very distinct bottle in Germany, I've noticed as well. Uh, that's the, the Franconia? Yes. Uh, yeah, and that's not only for Silvana. You can have Rieslings or uh, Burgunders in, in that bottle shape. Oh, that okay. bottle shape is just uh, due to the region of Franconia. So it's it's kind of their trademark bottle, the box bottle it's called. It's like this round, flat, round bottle with a short neck. And all the logistics companies complain about it because it's not easy to transport and protect from breakage. It won't fit on um, your wine rack either. <laughs> yeah, that's the other problem. But it looks pretty cool. Yeah, that's Franconia is especially famous for Silvana. They were the first ones who planted them. Probably just after the 30, uh, 30 years war, there's already records uh, of planting Austrian Silvana grapes in, in Franconia, Germany. Supposedly the grape comes somewhere from... Uh, uh, Austria and is related to the wild uh, wild uh, vines of Austria. I once thought but I had then, read somewhere that it came from Romania. Yeah, that's a legend. So oh, okay. The Silvaner came, comes from Transylvania. That was kind of a legend, but uh, the modern ampelography, the genetic analysis doesn't point to Romania. Oh, okay. So that was just a nice story. Yeah. Okay, so Silvaner from Alsace. It's kind of a, also in, in Alsace, also a workhorse grape. If you produce it with high yields, it can be pretty bland. 
you just have a little acid and a hint of fruit. Fruit characteristics usually are described uh, close to pear aromatics. Not not much going on. So let me try this Hügel. Hügel is again the classic series is kind of their lower end, but they are a very very uh, famous producer. They go way up to the high end. They have a, an ancient winery with great, like, old... I think they have the oldest still-in-use oak barrel in Alsace. Yeah, some antiquities in, in their cellar still being used. So let me try this one. All right. So it's it's very pale lemon color, not much color at all. On the nose, oh, definitely pear, like almost a little bit overripe pear, cooked pear. A little bit of, of that old oak barrel funk, which I really like. It gives it a, even more like, yeah, the classic feeling of Alsace. So it's not like new oak, uh, oak aroma. It's just like this funky cellar smell of an old, really old oak barrel. Not much alcohol on the nose to be sensed. The intensity is medium minus at most. Yeah, so pear fruit, fresh fruit, a little bit of white flowers too. It's also typical for Silvana. So it's a really nice uh, varietal textbook example with a little bit of funk and classic Alsace aroma. So in a blind tasting, you you could pick this easily as an Alsace. A good amount of acidity. Oh, it almost is a little bit tannic So in the aftertaste. Yeah, there, there's definitely... There was a longer skin contact on that wine because I don't think these old oak barrels give any tannin. That's pretty cool. You know, I, I always like that when I'll get a, uh, a white wine that will surprise me with a little bit of tannin. And it's the, the flavors, aromas are really subtle, but it's it's quite long in the aftertaste. So this is, I, I bet they did not uh, crazy high yield, so there is a lot of substance in that wine although the structure is not too heavy. Yeah, so it's a light drinking wine. It's still exciting. So you, you sense this is a high-quality producer. It's as good as Silvana can get in, in this kind of uh, style. I, I like it even more in, in, a, in an orange style because then it reveals a lot of more complexity. Right. Uh, we had but, a, a few yeah. of those at the uh, Natural Wine uh, Fair in Dusseldorf last year. Yeah. Or this year, this, earlier this year. Yeah. This can, yeah, this is easily on the top shelf uh, for for classic Silvana. But now I'm, I'm really excited about trying a Grand Cru. So, yeah, we have a really classic drink. You can pair this with all kinds of uh, seafood. It's quite uh, open, yeah. The classic German asparagus, of course, with the sauce hollandaise or eggs benedict or whatever you like. Um Kind of a yeah, white creamy sauce, some stews. Clam chowder would be really nice with that one. Oh, yeah, it would yeah. be. And it, you know, <laughs> I like what you said about the eggs Benedict, and that's kind of funny because yeah. it's it's usually really hard to pair with any kind of egg. Yeah, but this one would would really be nice. So, classic Alsatian Sylvaner, always a go-to wine. So yeah, so we did something really innovative and crazy today and something completely on the traditional side both really good so the world of wine don't stick to any like 
single style region variety, there's always new things to discover. That's maybe uh, the conclusion of this episode. Yeah, change can be good. Yeah. Change can be change good. Change can be good and tradition too. So don't throw the tradition out of the window uh, and become the crazy craft, natural wine geek. Yeah, don't dismiss it either. Exactly. Let's yeah. say what? Don't become uh, the snobby... Uh, stuck yeah. up. Don't uh, go to the other end of the I spectrum. only drink claret. Yeah. <laughs> 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 only, only burgundy and nothing less than $50 a barrel. And also don't be the nerds. What was the guy on the, uh, the Psalm documentary said, you know, uh, uh, made in eggs and only the girls can touch it, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So only that, harvested on the full moon and <laughs> yeah. so don't don't stick to any particular style you of course you have preferences but try stuff because the world of wine is huge and there's always something to discover yeah get out there try 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 i mean i'm always trying if i see something like this just caught my eye i'm like oh, this is different this is weird i'm gonna try it it's weird you know and sometimes in different parts of the world I'll try wine made with grapes that have like 30 letters in them and I can't even come close to pronouncing them some of them have letters that aren't even in my alphabet (laughs) that's happened a lot recently so try this stuff I mean I have come across some things that I think if they would hit the the world market if they actually put a pronounceable name on it (laughs) for us westerners and it hit the uh, the traditional market, it would just blow some other stuff away. But, I mean, it, it's hard to convince a lot of people, so mm. more for me, I guess. <laughs> to say it in the, word, the words of Steve Jobs, stay hungry, stay foolish. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess with that, that's okay. uh, that about wraps it up. Uh, I need to get packing up my stuff for Japan. That's right. Two weeks of uh, sake craziness and also some Japanese wine. And Tokyo is like a, yeah, a treasure box of all kinds of uh, high-end fine wine also. Because you have, if, if there's wine nerds on this planet there in Tokyo, and they usually have a bar. Cool. Uh, also, by the way, just real quick, I've noticed we had a big spike recently with um, listeners from Canada. So, uh, what uh, up, Canada? Big shout out to Canada, and we should do an episode about Canadian wine as soon as we get our hands on something. Absolutely. When I was in, uh, at, when we were at Pro Wine earlier in the yeah. year, uh, I spent a lot of time with the Canadian booth. They had some really, really good examples of Riesling there. Maybe we can contact them beforehand and get an interview or something. All right. So, yeah, stay tuned, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks for being listeners because that uh, yeah. caught our attention. <laughs> yeah, we're here for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right. So I guess that about wraps it up. Um, be yeah. sure to check out our Instagram, our Facebook, and our Twitter, which are under Pulled Corks. Also, on Instagram, there's JP Pulled Corks, if you want to see JP stuff, which it does really well itself. 
um, and our beautiful website, pulled-corks.com. And also our Patreon, which hopefully by either this Monday or next Monday will have everything loaded. All the bonuses and all that stuff. So uh, please get on there and uh, join up as a patron. Even if it's just the lowest level, like tiniest amount, that's fine. Any little bit helps. And uh, it'll only make us better. So (laughs) I think that's all I got. Okay. So... All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and cheers. And cheers.